part two chapter four of a raw youth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a raw youth by fyodor dostoyevsky translated by constance garnet part two chapter four one now i am really afraid to tell my story it all happened long ago and it is all like a mirage to me now how could such a woman possibly have arranged a rendezvous with such a contemptible urchin as i was then yet so it seemed at first sight when leaving liza i raced along with my heart throbbing i really thought that i had gone out of my mind the idea that she had granted me this interview suddenly appeared to me such an obvious absurdity that it was impossible for me to believe in it and yet i had not the faintest doubt of it the more obviously absurd it seemed the more implicitly i believed in it the fact that it had already struck three troubled me if an interview has been granted me how can i possibly be late for it i thought foolish questions crossed my mind too such as which was my better course now boldness or timidity but all this only flashed through my mind because i had something of real value in my heart which i could not have defined what had been said the evening before was this to-morrow at three o'clock i shall be at tatiana pavlovna's that was all but in the first place she always received me alone in her own room and she could have said anything she liked to me there without going to tatiana pavlovna's for the purpose so why have appointed another place of meeting and another question was would tatiana pavlovna be at home or not if it were a tryst then tatiana pavlovna would not be at home and how could this have been arranged without telling tatiana pavlovna beforehand then was tatiana pavlovna in the secret this idea seemed to me wild and in a way indelicate almost coarse and in fact she might simply have been going to see tatiana pavlovna and have mentioned the fact to me the previous evening with no object in view but i had misunderstood her and indeed it had been said so casually so quickly and after a very tedious visit i was for some reason overcome with stupidity the whole evening i sat and mumbled and did not know what to say raged inwardly and was horribly shy and she was going out somewhere as i learnt later and was evidently relieved when i got up to go all these reflections surged into my mind i made up my mind at last that when i arrived i would ring the bell the cook will open the door i thought and i shall ask whether tatiana pavlovna is at home if she is not then it's a tryst but i had no doubt of it no doubt of it i ran up the stairs and when i was at the door all my fears vanished come what may i thought if only it's quickly the cook opened the door and with revolting apathy snuffled out that tatiana pavlovna was not at home but isn't there someone else isn't there someone waiting for her i wanted to ask but i did not ask i'd better see for myself and muttering to the cook that i would wait i took off my fur coat and opened the door katerina nikolaevna was sitting at the window waiting for tatiana pavlovna isn't she at home she suddenly asked me in a tone of anxiety and annoyance as soon as she saw me and her face and her voice were so utterly incongruous with what i had expected that i came to a full stop in the doorway who's not at home i muttered tatiana pavlovna 
why i asked you yesterday to tell her that i would be with her at three o'clock i i have not seen her at all did you forget i sat completely overwhelmed so this was all it meant and the worst of it was it was all as clear as twice two makes four and i i had all this while persisted in believing it i don't remember your asking me to tell her and in fact you didn't ask me you simply said you would be here at three o'clock i burst out impatiently i did not look at her oh she cried suddenly but if you forgot to tell her though you knew i should be here what has brought you here i raised my head there was no trace of mockery or anger in her face there was only her bright gay smile and a look more mischievous than usual though indeed her face always had an expression of almost childish mischief there you see i've caught you well what are you going to say now her whole face seemed to be saying i did not want to answer and looked down again the silence lasted half a minute have you just come from papa she asked i have come from anna andreevna's i haven't been to see prince nikolai ivanitch at all and you know that i added suddenly did anything happen to you at anna andreevna's you mean that i look as though i were crazy but i looked crazy before i went to anna andreevna and you didn't recover your wits there no i didn't and what's more i heard that you were going to marry baron Burring. did she tell you that she asked with sudden interest no it was i told her i heard nash token tell prince sergey so this morning i still kept my eyes cast down and did not look at her to look at her meant to be flooded with radiance joy and happiness and i did not want to be happy indignation had stung me to the heart and in one instant i had taken a tremendous resolution then i began to speak i hardly knew what about i was breathless and spoke indistinctly but i looked at her boldly my heart was throbbing i began talking of something quite irrelevant though perhaps not incoherently at first she listened with a serene patient smile which never left her face but little by little signs of surprise and then of alarm passed over her countenance the smile still persisted but from time to time it seemed tremulous what's the matter i asked her noticing that she shuddered all over i am afraid of you she answered almost in trepidation why don't you go away i said as tatiana pavlovna is not at home and you know she won't be you ought to get up and go i meant to wait for her but now really she made a movement to get up no no sit down i said stopping her there you shuddered again but you smile even when you're frightened you always have a smile there now you are smiling all over you are raving yes i am i am frightened she whispered again frightened of what that you'll begin knocking down the walls she smiled again though she really was scared i can't endure your smile and i talked away again i plunged headlong it was as though something had given me a shove i had never never talked to her like that i had always been shy i was fearfully shy now but i talked i remember i talked about her face i can't endure your smile any longer i cried suddenly why did i even in moscow picture you as menacing magnificent using venomous drawing-room phrases yes even before i left moscow i used to talk with marie ivanovna about you and imagined what you must be like do you remember marie ivanovna you've been in her house 
when i was coming here i dreamed of you all night in the train for a whole month before you came i gazed at your portrait in your father's study and could make nothing of it the expression of your face is childish mischief and boundless good-nature there i have been marvelling at it all the time i have been coming to see you oh and you know how to look haughty and to crush one with a glance i remember how you looked at me at your father's that day when you had arrived from moscow i saw you then but if you were to ask me how i went out of the room or what you were like i could not tell you i could not even have told whether you were tall or short as soon as i saw you i was blinded your portrait is not in the least like you your eyes are not dark but light it's only the long eyelashes that make them look dark you are plump you are neither tall nor short you have a buxom fullness the light full figure of a healthy peasant girl and your face is quite countrified too it's the face of a village beauty don't be offended why it's fine it's better so a round rosy clear bold laughing and bashful face really bashful bashful of katerina nikolaevna amakoff bashful and chaste i swear more than chaste childlike that's your face i've been astounded by it all this time and i've been asking myself is the woman so too i know now that you are very clever but do you know at first i thought you were a simpleton you have a bright and lively mind but without embellishments of any sort another thing i like is that your smile never deserts you that's my paradise i love your calmness too your quietness and your uttering your words so smoothly so calmly and almost lazily it's just that laziness i like i believe if a bridge were to break down under you you would say something in a smooth and even voice i imagined you as the acme of pride and passion and for the last two months you've been talking to me as one student talks to another i never imagined that you had such a brow it's rather low like the foreheads of statues but soft and as white as marble under your glorious hair your bosom is high your movements are light you are extraordinarily beautiful but there's no pride about you it's only now i've come to believe it i've disbelieved in it all this time she listened to this wild tirade with large wide-open eyes she saw that i was trembling several times she lifted her gloved hand with a charming apprehensive gesture to stop me but every time she drew it back in dismay and perplexity sometimes she even stepped back a little two or three times the smile lighted up her face again at one time she flushed very red but in the end was really frightened and turned pale as soon as i stopped she held out her hand and in a voice that was still even though it had a note of entreaty said you must not say that you can't talk like that and suddenly she got up from her place deliberately gathering up her scarf and sable muff are you going i cried i'm really afraid of you you are abusing she articulated slowly and as it were with compassion and reproach listen on my honour i won't knock down the walls but you've begun already she could not refrain from smiling i don't even know if you will allow me to pass and she seemed to be actually afraid i would not let her go i will open the door myself but let me tell you i've taken a tremendous resolution and if you care to give light to my soul come back and sit down and listen to just two words but if you won't then go away and i will open the door to you myself she looked at me and sat down again some women would have gone out with a show of indignation but you sit down i cried in exultation you have never allowed yourself to talk like this before i was always afraid before i came in now not knowing what i should say you imagine i am not afraid now i am 
but i have just taken a tremendous resolution and i feel i shall carry it out and as soon as i took that resolution i went out of my mind and began saying all this listen this is what i have to say am i your spy or not answer me that question the colour rushed into her face don't answer yet katerina nikolaevna but listen to everything and then tell the whole truth i had broken down all barriers at once and plunged headlong into space two two months ago i was standing here behind the curtain you know and you talked to tatiana pavlovna about the letter i rushed out and beside myself i blurted out the truth you saw at once that i knew something you could not help seeing it you were trying to find an important document and were uneasy about it wait a bit katerina nikolaevna don't speak yet i must tell you that your suspicion was well founded that document does exist that is to say it did i have seen it your letter to andronikoff that's it isn't it you've seen that letter she asked quickly in embarrassment and agitation when did you see it i saw it i saw it at Kraft's. you know the man that shot himself really you saw it yourself what became of it Kraft tore it up in your presence did you see him yes he tore it up probably because he was going to die i did not know then of course that he was going to shoot himself so it has been destroyed thank god she commented slowly with a deep sigh and she crossed herself i was not lying to her that is to say i was lying because the letter in question was in my hands and had never been in crafts but that was a mere detail in what really mattered i did not lie because at the instant i told the lie i nerved myself to burn the letter that very evening i swear that if it had been in my pocket that moment i would have taken it out and given it her but i hadn't it with me it was at my lodging perhaps though i should not have given it her because i should have felt horribly ashamed to confess to her then that i had it and had been keeping it and waiting so long before i gave it back it made no difference i should have burnt it at home in any case and i was not lying i swear that at that moment my heart was pure and since that's how it is i went on almost beside myself tell me have you been attracting me have you been welcoming me in your drawing-room because you suspected that i knew of the letter stay katerina nikolaevna one minute more don't speak but let me finish all the time i've been coming to see you all this time i've been suspecting that it was only because of that that you made much of me to get that letter out of me to lead me on to telling you about it wait one more minute i suspected it but i suffered your duplicity was more than i could bear for i found you a noble creature i tell you plainly i was your enemy but i found you a noble creature i was utterly vanquished but your duplicity that is the suspicion of your duplicity was anguish now everything must be settled everything must be explained the time has come for it but wait yet a little longer don't speak let me tell you how i look at it myself just now at this moment i tell you plainly if it has been so i don't resent it that is i mean i'm not offended for it's so natural i understand you see what is there unnatural or wrong about it you were worried about a letter you suspected that so-and-so knew all about it well you might very naturally desire so-and-so to speak out there's no harm in that none at all i am speaking sincerely yet now you must tell me something you must confess forgive the word i must have the truth i want it for a reason and so tell me why did you make much of me was it to get that letter out of me katerina nikolaevna i spoke as though i were falling from a height and my forehead was burning 
she was listening to me now without apprehension on the contrary her face was full of feeling but she looked somehow abashed as though she were ashamed it was for that she said slowly and in a low voice forgive me i did wrong she added suddenly with a faint movement of her hands towards me i had never expected this had expected anything rather than those two words even from her whom i knew already and you tell me you did wrong so simply i did wrong i cried oh for a long time i have been feeling that i was not treating you fairly and indeed i am glad to be able to speak of it for a long time you have been feeling that why did you not speak of it before oh i did not know how to say it she smiled that is i should have known how she smiled again but i always felt ashamed because at first it really was only on that account that i attracted you as you expressed it but very soon afterwards i felt disgusted and sick of all this deception i assure you she added with bitter feeling and of all this troublesome business and why why couldn't you have asked me then straightforwardly you should have said you know about the letter why do you pretend and i should have told you at once i should have confessed at once oh i was a little afraid of you i must admit i did not trust you either and after all if i dissembled you did the same she added with a laugh yes yes i have been contemptible i cried overwhelmed oh you don't know yet the abyss into which i have fallen an abyss already i recognize your style she smiled softly that letter she added mournfully was the saddest and most indiscreet thing i ever did the consciousness of it was a continual reproach moved by circumstances and apprehension i had doubts of my dear generous-hearted father knowing that that letter might fall into the hands of malicious people and i had good reasons for fearing this she added hotly i trembled that they might use it might show my father and it might make a tremendous impression on him in his condition on his health and he might be estranged from me yes she added looking me candidly in the face and probably catching some shade in my expression yes and i was afraid for my future too i was afraid that he under the influence of his illness might deprive me of his favour that feeling came in too no doubt i did him an injustice he is so kind and generous that no doubt he would have forgiven me that's all but i ought not to have treated you as i did she concluded again seeming suddenly abashed you have made me feel ashamed no you have nothing to be ashamed of i cried i certainly did reckon on your impulsiveness and i recognize it she brought out looking down katerina nikolaevna who forces you to make such confessions to me tell me that i cried as though i were drunk wouldn't it have been easy for you to get up and in the most exquisite phrases to prove to me subtly and as clearly as twice to make four that though it was so yet it was nothing of the sort you understand as people of your world know how to deal with the truth i am crude and foolish you know i should have believed you at once i should have believed anything from you whatever you said it would have cost you nothing to behave like that of course you are not really afraid of me you know how could you be so willing to humiliate yourself like this before an impudent puppy a wretched raw youth in this anyway i have not humiliated myself before you she enunciated with immense dignity apparently not understanding my exclamation no indeed quite the contrary that's just what i am saying oh it was so wrong so thoughtless of me she exclaimed putting her hand to her face as though to hide it 
i felt ashamed yesterday that's why i was not myself when i was with you the fact is she added that circumstances have made it absolutely essential for me at last to find out the truth about that unlucky letter or else i should have begun to forget about it for i have not let you come to see me simply on account of that she added suddenly there was a tremor at my heart of course not she went on with a subtle smile of course not i you very aptly remarked arkady makarovitch that we have often talked together as one student to another i assure you i am sometimes very much bored in company i have felt so particularly since my time abroad and all these family troubles i very rarely go anywhere in fact and not simply from laziness i often long to go into the country there i could read over again my favourite books which i have laid aside for so long and have never been able to bring myself to read again i have spoken to you of that already do you remember you laughed at my reading the russian newspapers at the rate of two a day i didn't laugh of course not for you too were excited over them and i confess too long ago that i am russian and love russia you remember we always read facts as you call them she smiled though you are at times somewhat strange yet sometimes you grew so eager and would say such good things and you were interested just in what i was interested in when you are a student you are charming and original nothing else suits you so well she added with a sly and charming smile do you remember we sometimes talked for hours about nothing but figures reckoned and compared and took trouble to find out how many schools there are in russia and in what direction progress is being made we reckoned up the murders and serious crimes and set them off against the cheering items we wanted to find out in what direction we were moving and what would happen to us in the end in you i found sincerity in our world men never talk like that to us to women last week i was talking to prince x about bismarck for i was very much interested and could not make up my mind about him and only fancy he sat down beside me and began telling me about him very fully indeed but always with a sort of irony and that patronizing condescension which i always find so insufferable and which is so common in great men when they talk to us women if we meddle with subjects beyond our sphere do you remember that we almost had a quarrel you and i over bismarck you showed me that you had ideas of your own far more definite than bismarck's she laughed suddenly i have only met two people in my whole life who talked to me quite seriously my husband a very very intelligent and honourable man she pronounced the words impressively and you know whom versilov i cried i hung breathless on every word she uttered yes i was very fond of listening to him i became at last absolutely open perhaps too open with him but even then he did not believe in me did not believe in you no no one has ever believed in me but versilov versilov he did not simply disbelieve in me she pronounced dropping her eyes and smiling strangely but considered that i had all the vices of which you have not one no even i have some versilov did not love you so he did not understand you i cried with flashing eyes her face twitched say no more of that and never speak to me of of that man she added hotly with vehement emphasis but that's enough i must be going she got up to go well do you forgive me or not she added looking at me brightly me forgive you listen katerina nikolaevna and don't be angry is it true that you are going to be married 
that's not settled she said in confusion seeming frightened of something is he a good man forgive me forgive me that question yes very don't answer further don't vouchsafe me an answer i know that such questions from me are impossible i only wanted to know whether he is worthy of you or not but i will find out for myself ah listen she said in dismay no i won't i won't i'll step aside only this one thing i want to say god grant you every happiness according to your choice for having given me so much happiness in this one hour your image is imprinted on my heart for ever now i've gained a treasure the thought of your perfection i expected duplicity and coarse coquetry and was wretched because i could not connect that idea with you i've been thinking day and night lately and suddenly everything has become clear as daylight as i was coming here i thought i should bear away an image of jesuitical cunning of deception of an inquisitorial serpent and i found honour magnificence a student you laugh laugh away you are holy you know you cannot laugh at what is sacred oh no i am only laughing because you use such wonderful expressions but what is an inquisitorial serpent she laughed you let slip to-day a priceless sentence i went on ecstatically how could you to my face utter the words i reckoned on your impulsiveness well granted you are a saint and confess even that because you imagined yourself guilty in some way and want to punish yourself though there was no fault of any sort for if there had been from you everything is holy but yet you need not have uttered just that word that expression such unnatural candour only shows your lofty purity your respect for me your faith in me i cried incoherently oh do not blush do not blush and how how could any one slander you and say that you are a woman of violent passions oh forgive me i see a look of anguish on your face forgive a frenzied boy his clumsy words besides do words matter now are you not above all words versilov said once that othello did not kill desdemona and afterwards himself because he was jealous but because he had been robbed of his ideal i understand that because to-day my ideal has been restored to me you praise me too much i don't deserve this she pronounced with feeling you remember what i told you about your eyes she added playfully that i have microscopes for eyes and that i exaggerate every fly into a camel no this time it's not a camel what you are going she was standing in the middle of the room with her muff and her shawl in her hands no i shall wait till you're gone and then i shall go afterwards i must write a couple of words to tatiana pavlovna i'm going directly directly but once more may you be happy alone or with the man of your choice and god bless you all that i need is my ideal dear good arkady makarovitch believe me i my father always says of you the dear good boy believe me i shall always remember what you have told me of your lonely childhood abandoned amongst strangers and your solitary dreams i understand only too well how your mind has been formed but now though we are students she added with a deprecating and shamefaced smile pressing my hand we can't go on seeing each other as before and and no doubt you will understand that we cannot no we cannot for a long time we cannot it's my fault i see now that it's quite out of the question we shall meet sometimes at my father's you are afraid of my impulsiveness my feelings you don't believe in me i would have exclaimed but she was so overcome with shame that my words refused to be uttered tell me she said stopping me all at once in the doorway did you see yourself that that letter was torn up 
you are sure you remember it how did you know at the time that it was the letter to andronikoff craft told me what was in it and even showed it to me good-bye when i am with you in your study i am shy of you but when you go away i am ready to fall down and kiss the spot where your foot has touched the floor i brought out all at once unconsciously not knowing how or why i said it and without looking at her i went quickly out of the room i set off for home there was rapture in my soul my brain was in a whirl my heart was full as i drew near my mother's house i recalled liza's ingratitude to anna andreyevna her cruel and monstrous saying that morning and my heart suddenly ached for them all how hard their hearts are and liza too what's the matter with her i thought as i stood on the steps i dismissed matvey and told him to come to my lodging for me at nine o'clock end of part two chapter four